there! Welcome to Ag Trends by AgVend, a podcast where we dig into a new era in ag retail and explore the strategies being used by pioneers in the ag industry. Welcome to another episode of Ag Trends, a podcast by AgVend. And today we are lucky to have a guest with us from one of our partner retailers, CFS. We have Jade, who runs all of their marketing, digital marketing, all of that good stuff. So Jade, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me today. So Jade, why don't you share with our listeners a little bit more about yourself, um, about your background, and how you landed at CFS? Yeah, thanks very much for for having us on and and sponsoring us as one of your retail partners. We're extremely thankful for our relationship with Eggman so far and and looking forward to continuing that. Um, As you mentioned, I do a lot of the marketing pieces with Central Farm Service. I started with um, the team five years ago uh, when I graduated college as a sales agronomist. So I took a little bit of time, uh, just about two years as a salesperson. And then I transitioned to the precision team. So I've spent some time writing fertilizer prescriptions and seed prescriptions and interacting with customers on farm to make data-based recommendations. And more recently have started also working with the digital side. So my background is nowhere near uh, sales and marketing technically, but I've enjoyed the last few months of leading, leading the charge for CFS. Yeah. And do you think by having some of that infield experience and knowing like what the sales agronomists are going through and what growers are going through kind of brings a a sense of relatability or you kind of understand from a marketing standpoint what they want to hear, what they don't want to hear? Yeah, I think actually I would be very lost without my background in the field. Uh, it's It's been super helpful for me to help plan our calendar. You know, every Every month or every you know a couple of weeks, we're thinking about well, how can we be communicating with our customers? What are they going to be doing? What are they going to be thinking about? How can we pique their interest and and get them to engage with us in a digital platform? And if I wouldn't have had the experience that I had the last five years in field, I don't know that I would be able to do this as successfully as I am. Yeah, the calendar is a really interesting part, and like you said, what piques their interest? You know, I think a lot of times what's going on in an ad calendar is not what happens in traditional calendars at all. So somebody coming into a marketing role from maybe a more traditional marketing kind of company, even an equipment manufacturer or somebody else may not have that same kind of in tune of what's really going to grab their attention. And also maybe now is not the right time to hit them with an email or a text message because they're not going to read it anyways. And we don't want to bog them down with too much outreach. Yep. I would, I would agree. I, was thinking about all the things that we're doing and the tools that we're using as I was preparing for this conversation. And, and that was one of the things that came to mind, you know, we've got today, we use social media um, and we use email marketing a lot. And now with our relationship with Eggvend, we can do text messages and push notifications. And I was super excited about that because I know as a person, you know, I've got my Gmail account and I'm getting emails a hundred times a day from all of these companies, you know, buy this or buy that or subscribe to this or subscribe to that. I'm like, this is so annoying. And I hit unsubscribe more often than not. And I don't want to be that person or we don't want to be that company. We are using this to really try to provide value um, for our sellers and for our customers. And and we don't want to do it in an an annoying way, I guess you could call it. Yeah. Well, and now, you know, from a traditional retail standpoint with Black Friday coming up in the holidays, like I feel the same way, like my email and my app notifications are just inundated right now. And it gets to be a little overwhelming and there can be a lot of noise out there. And so it's hard to sift through and get your message heard for sure. 
So before we dive too deep into that topic, we're already getting, getting down that road, but I haven't <laughs> asked you one of our staple questions that we always ask as we kick off the podcast. And you've seen quite a few different areas being sales agronomists, precision, digital, marketing. So I'm interested to hear what your answer is. But what is one innovation in ag that you never thought would take off, but actually has? So as I was thinking about that, it was hard for me not to take the digital interaction mindset. And, you know, I think about how we work with our customers and ag is such a relationship business. You're buying from people that you trust. They are making recommendations that can impact your life to a, you know, a great amount. And that's super important. And I think just simply the digital interaction piece is something that I, I think a lot of people didn't think would take off an egg. You know, got our growers going online, searching for products, interacting with companies on apps, um, purchasing things on apps, things like that. I don't, I would have never thought um, when that that would be something that was so popular or would, would potentially be so popular. Um, you know, it's like I said, it's a relationship business and our sellers that we work with were scared initially, you know, what, what is digital going to take away from me? And I think the biggest thing that we've had to communicate and that we continue to communicate is, is this isn't a replacement of who you are. No one can replace what you know about those acres, that field, those soil types, those fertility levels. No one can take that away from you. Uh, and that's still the value that you bring, but the digital is here to support you, uh, to increase that relationship, to increase the stickiness there with that customer and to make you more efficient uh, and be able to do your job, you know, better, better than what you are today. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't have said that better myself. So <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> and you know, you're exactly right. Relationships matter and connection matters, whether that's in person, over the phone or online. And it's really about giving growers the opportunity to choose when and where they want to do business and in what medium that may be, you know, Maybe it's a little bit of research online so that when they have that in-person conversation, they can feel like they're more educated or they have more of an idea of what that sales agronomist wants. Or that sales agronomist can follow up an in-person conversation with a digital quote so that grower can review it, double check the prices and the quantities, and then they can order it either by clicking or by calling their sales agronomist to say, hey, place that order for me. So, you know, you're exactly right. It's designed to support and really take off some of that back office work from a sales agronomist standpoint that probably isn't their favorite thing to do anyways. And it gives them more time to be in the field, covering more acres and being with their customers, where I would bet if you asked a sales agronomist, that is 99% of the time where they want to be spending um, the majority of their time and the majority of their focus. I couldn't agree more with that. I still sell to one grower for CFS. And it's a great way for me to maintain my, um, my bearings as I'm navigating new spaces on our team. And this fall, I remember saying to another sales agronomist that I work with, I was like, wow, it takes a long time to get all of these orders, you know, get all the plans created and talk to the customer and get the orders made when he's ready for it and to follow up. I'm like, this, this is a process. And if there's any way that we can start to improve the efficiency there, so that our, that our um, salespeople can be out calling on customers in the field, making recommendations. It's a better day for everybody on the team. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And it's really neat that you do get to still sell to one of your customers, because like you said, I think it's a really great way too to 
kind of keep your bearings, keep a finger on the pulse of what's going on, what growers are thinking about, what they're hearing, and you know, even testing some of the marketing out with that particular grower, like, hey, what would you think about this idea or how would this resonate with you? It's always really great to kind of have that firsthand experience. Um, though in Minnesota, I would say, I don't know if I would enjoy being out in the fields, you know, as it becomes negative 20, but <laughs> you guys, I think you guys are a little tougher than I am. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm looking out the window today. We've had a small ice storm earlier this week and it's, it's snowing today. I, I'm not too happy about it either. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully at least all the corn's off and you know, everyone's at least close to finished up for this season. Yep. For the most part. Yeah. So you know, you talked about your transition um, from a sales agronomist into precision and then more into digital. So talk to me a little bit about, you know, how you transitioned into digital marketing for your retailer and what is it that, you know, you realized, made you realize that there was an opportunity for CFS to participate in some digital marketing? At CFS, we we're working with a couple suppliers to continue to enhance our ability to communicate with our customers digitally, um, whether it was going to be an e-commerce type platform, the digital campaigns with the emails and everything like that. And we kind of started to start down that path and realize that it is uh, a great opportunity for us to communicate with our customers. So we should have people dedicated to doing that. I jumped on the opportunity. I, you know, I, I think I called Casey, my boss, one day and said, hey, if this was ever an option, I, I would be interested in, in doing that. Uh, I don't know what it was really that drew, me, that drew me to it so quickly. I think it's an exciting space. And you know, I think about precision. I still work in the precision space too and help our team out there. But it, it's new and it's happening and it's fast, fast paced. And that's what I think about when I think about the digital opportunities too. It's it's new to ag, but it's so enhanced in other parts of our life that it's going to be fast paced and fast moving. And that makes me excited and, and wanted to be a part of that. So that was kind of how I got started in the journey. Uh, CFS is a company, uh, like I said, we've been working on it. Uh, we've been trying to expand and look for the best ways to use our resources that way. I think. Um, you know, I've, I've mentioned it before. It's, it's definitely having that extra stickiness with the relationship. Um, and then for the customer standpoint, it's, you know, it's ease of access to our team, an easy way for them to communicate if they, if they chose or if they so choose to do that. And then it's also a, a level of transparency that we have with our customers now that maybe other retailers could be lacking. And that's a great opportunity for us. You know, they can, you know, get on and see their, their bookings or their bills or their statements, and it's readily available to them. And I think that's how the rest of the world has started to operate. And that's, that's kind of new to us, but it's also already in the last couple of weeks since we kicked off with our grower portal, been a great value. Yeah. And so, I mean, those are all awesome points and you're exactly right. As we're regular consumers, there's a lot of digital marketing that we're used to. And even some of the conveniences like online bill paying or reviewing your statements digitally or paying with a credit card, right? You know, sometimes you can't even pay invoices or pay for product with a credit card, depending on the retailer or what they have set up. And I mean, I know my parents are big points people with their credit cards, so they love that <laughs> opportunity. And we see that a lot too um, in ag and in ag retail. 
And a couple of things that you pointed out, I think are really phenomenal, which is the easy access, not only for your growers, but for your sales agronomists. And you can use digital marketing to reach both groups. And I assume that you guys are doing that or starting to explore that to keep everybody updated because there's a lot that goes on. There's a lot that's getting updated and you know, it can be just as much of a challenge to pin down some of your sales agronomists as it can be to pin down some of your growers to keep them current with everything that's happening. And then you said also the transparency piece. And I think that's um, going to become increasingly valuable for growers. And, you know, that easy access, that transparency, it seems like that tends to be the trend of where growers are looking for that value add with a retailer. It's not necessarily um, walking my field 20 times in a season. It's, I want you to be easy to do business with. I like the transparency because I know I trust you, but it also really deepens that trust a little bit more um, because I can just see everything and, you know, it feels like I'm more involved with what's happening. And mm -hmm. so, you know, you talked about, you guys started, started in digital marketing. So what were the mediums that you really started in with, you know, email or um, anything else, social media, and then how has that really progressed or enhanced in the last couple of years? So yeah, we definitely um, started with the email campaigns. That was, uh, I think, the easiest avenue to get our foot in the door and get that process going. Uh, we also have social media that we're posting on regularly. Um, and that's, you know, that's for all of our divisions. So there's feed updates, energy updates, everything like that. Um, from in the agronomy, though, we have spent a lot of time on the email side. And at the beginning, it started, you know, generically, hey, we're, we're offering a fungicide pack. And if you buy the pack, you save X amount of dollars. And this is what the cost is. These are the products. Contact your sales agronomist. And it's started to enhance since then. And I think we've been able to try some really cool things. And we're going to continue to, to try new ways to use our segmenting. So our customers within the agronomy division are all segmented in, in many different ways. We've got groups of, you know, they buy their fertilizer with us, custom applied. They buy their nitrogen source or they buy their seed. You know, there's a lot of different opportunities or different ways that you can segment. But one of the coolest ways uh, to me was we segmented based on personality type. So we all know that we have different personalities and I would receive a message. I'm a high uh, eagle. I would receive a message very differently than, you know, one of my best friends that could be an owl. Um, so we actually have done some different emails based on personality types uh, and had some response, actually some pretty good response from that, from, from growers that we know are really direct to the point, hey, this is what's happening. We've got soybean aphids in the area. This is what we can do about it and contact your sales agronomist and they'll call. And we've got, you know, the, the owl dove type personalities that are more so about the data. This is what we have for data for the last five years on soybean aphids. We are here to help you make a decision that is best for your operation. If you are so inclined to, you know, want to talk to your sales agronomist, please call them. Very different messages. Um, absolutely accomplishing the same thing, but targeted very differently to our audience. And I think the more that we can continue to learn about our customer base, the more that we can continue to utilize those types of, of messaging, the more successful we're going to be. Yeah. So how did you even go about like figuring out people's personality types? Was it more just like, Hey, sales agronomist, can you help me with your customers? Yeah. Or did you actually ask them to participate in a survey? 
Uh, no surveys. Okay. <laughs> um, but it was um, through the sales agronomist. Obviously, like I said, the relationships that you've built, you know, you get a pretty good idea of who your customers are and, and how they're interacting with you to know their personality type. So we relied heavily on them to um, help us with that and, and get that information going. So, yeah. And it, what kind of tools were you using or do you use to segment those growers? Is it an Excel sheet or do you have, you know, how do you actually create some of those different lists? Cause it can be a lot to manage and as customers come and change and you know, everything like that, those lists I'm sure are ever evolving. Yes, it is a lot of management, a lot of Excel document use, um, which I think, you know, especially with our abilities in the grower portal through AgVend, I think we'll be able to have more fluid lists based on purchase history and things like that. So I'm, I'm super excited about the ability to create uh, different lists that will be hopefully less time consuming, but it is, it's a process. But I think about, you know, we did, I mentioned a fungicide campaign. We did one last summer. And we sent it on behalf of the sales agronomist. So the grower gets an email that says, hey, Jim, fungicide packs from Joe, your, you know, his sales agronomist. And I had a couple of different sellers call me and be like, this guy called me about fungicide. And we, we haven't sold him fungicide in like two years. And he called me and he was like, are you trying to sell me fungicide? We should talk about that. What, what is that all about? And for that to actually happen, you know, that to me proves like, Yes, it takes me a lot of time, and sometimes I wonder if I'm doing it for nothing, but the opportunities um, for, for the, the sellers that we do have, and, and those, you know, the, that, when that happened last summer, that was a couple of our younger sellers, so they definitely immediately saw the value and are, you know, helping to participate in more things like that because they did, they did get phone calls and they did sell fungicide as a result of our marketing. Well, and I have to imagine that for some of your sales agronomists, having somebody who helps get the message out there. And like you said, very segmented list. So you're hitting people either based on their personality with a, a specific type of email, or you're hitting people who grow a specific type of soybeans or are in a specific zip code and you're hitting them with very relevant and timely information. And so, you know, I have to imagine the sales agronomists appreciate that, that they're not trying to text everybody or call everybody because that's very time consuming. And then also mm -hmm. you're providing a little bit more flavor or information in those emails or other forms of communication too. So the grower, when they do call that sales agronomist, they have some good information already to start and they can almost start the conversation a couple steps further than if they just did a cold call talking about fungicides. Absolutely agree. I think that, um, adds to the efficiency you know we've we've started the conversation or the thought process from on the growers behalf with the information in the email so when they call they do have a more educated you know whether it's the, the specific products that we're selling or if it was information on soybean aphids or a seed treatment or whatever it might have been um, they've already got a lot of a little bit of knowledge in their back pocket that they can start to ask questions about with their their sales agronomist yeah and so you know, thinking about even just the email component of your marketing, how do you build out kind of either an email that goes out to everybody or how do you decide these different segments and, and how frequently you should be emailing these folks? I know you talked about your calendar and kind of matching up with the growers, what maybe a week ahead of what they think they're thinking about. Um, so how do you kind of go about creating all this and determining when you should be emailing and, and when you shouldn't be? 
that is definitely a challenge. And I don't know that <laughs> we have mastered the art of that yet. Um, how I create the calendar, um, you know, we're looking at the, the upcoming season and the decisions that are going to be made. And I work with, you know, we've got some extremely talented individuals on our team. Our, a couple of our sales managers have years and years of experience. So they've been extremely helpful to me. Um, and, you know, hey, is this a good idea? Is, is this going to provide value? And we've been able, between the, the three, four, or five of us, create, a, I think, a pretty solid uh, approach to our customers. Yeah, and how important is that calendar for you from a plan? Obviously, it'll change, and I'm sure there are things that come up as, you know, you get in season, you see different pest issues or different weed issues, whatever it may be. But how important is that calendar to at least help plan and keep you sane a little bit as the season goes on? <laughs> It, I, um, it's, it's important to me. I actually, I was sitting in an agronomy training yesterday, two days ago, and we were talking about the updated extend labels and talking about the planting interval 45 days after planting is when you're supposed to be spraying or not, you know, you're done spraying and extend at that point. And it was, I was like, Oh, what another great opportunity. We could push notification to all of our, growers that purchased extend soybeans it's been approximately 40 days since we planted our soybeans and we have five days left on the label to spray like there are things like that that pop into my head all the time but having the calendar to organize those thoughts and get it all on paper and then actually have to take a step back and say okay what is going to provide the most value because there are things like that little acts that you could say are going to provide value to the customer and just say, Hey, you know, CFS trusted advisor. I'm, you know, they're, they're giving me the information I need. So I'm comfortable. And then we've got the pieces that are more so selling the product, getting things out the door, getting the interactions with the sellers and the, the customers. So there's kind of a, a two pronged approach that way, I guess. Yeah. And it probably helps you lay out too. you know, am I hitting the same segment of customers too many times in one month or too many times in a week, even um, you know, how, how much overlap is there? And if I hit them in the same week, am I doing it across different channels or am I doing it in the same channel? And, you know, it's a lot to think about, but like you said, I think putting that kind of pen to paper and organizing it makes, makes it more effective from the outreach standpoint and also helps you really see how often you're hitting a particular customer and make sure you're switching up the types of mediums because, you know, app notifications, you mentioned a few times, that's fairly new. Not a lot of um, retailers have, ag retailers have used app notifications. And, you know, we kind of have three staples with our app notifications that they need to be, um, they need to have a link in them. So you need to actually be able to link somewhere in the grower portal or in the app. They need to be actionable. So saying, you know, check it out or request a plan or whatever it is. And it also needs to be um, very, very relevant because if it's too, um, too uh, generic, excuse me, if it's too generic, it's not going to really prompt them to do anything. And you also don't want to overwhelm them. So really more than one a week is probably bordering on too many. Um, Cause then you think about like your social apps, I turn all of those notifications off because they drive me nuts um, and I'm not <laughs> even that popular. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's that kind of thing. You don't want to uh, overwhelm the customer either um, with all of that information. So yes, I agree. So talk me through a little bit of 
you know, you said you guys are using email, starting with the text and app notifications, and then you also use social. So how important is it to have different options or different mediums from a digital standpoint to reach out to your customers? And, and how do they really, what, you know, how do you really use those different channels to tell a story or create some sort of action? I, I think it's extremely important to have the variety in, in the interfaces because of the segments of who we are uh, as individuals, because like you said, I'm exactly the same way. I have my notifications for Facebook and the other social media sites that I'm on turned off because that I don't, I don't want that on my phone. I don't like that little red bubble and I don't want to look at it. So mine are all turned off. I don't get a notification on Facebook. Um, but if someone were to text me, I'm certainly going to look at that. And I think, you know, there's, there's just a variety of, of how people interact digitally. And I don't know if we'll ever pin that down either. Um, so just giving the growers the option to say, this is where I want the information. If it's on the actual desktop or if it's on their phone or if it's on their iPad, um, I think just the greatest thing is still that the information is available. Um, so that's, that's the most important. It's just giving them the opportunity to find that information in different places. Yeah. And when you're running a campaign, do you make sure you post similar messages across multiple mediums or how do you handle that if it's kind of more of a, a traditional campaign that you're running less of a, Hey, we have soybean aphids, check it out, like get a spray done in the next two days. Maybe it's more about like, Hey, we'd like to talk to you about fungicides and get ready for the next purchasing season. Yeah, it's um, try to be as coordinated as possible. <laughs> That's my ultimate goal, but yeah. it is, um, it, it's still a lot to try to manage across all of those things and uh, across the, the team members and, you know, obviously life is, is crazy. So that, that is my ultimate goal. Yes, I try to um, try to line up what our um, social media person will be posting with what I'm going to be sending in an email. And then we also have our uh, in-house precision platform, Central Advantage, that is communicating with their, their personal customers from a data standpoint saying, hey, this is what the data said. Um, so if we can try to line all of those things up, it's, it's a really good day. Does it always happen? Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, you talked a little bit about um, the email, like the emails and how you're using Excel sheets. So for text messages and app notifications, that is available in the grower portal. So how do you imagine like scheduling those and planning those pieces of information? And how do you build segment lists of your customers even with that? I think um, so far what I've, I've, my thought process has been, which we haven't um, done a lot with yet because we are fairly new to the portal. Um, but I, you know, I'm going to continue to use the emails for the, the hardy subjects when we have the data, when there are external links that are like, it is going to provide value if you actually take the time to read this. I think about the, the push notifications and the text messages as more of a, like, super, you know, more of a quick, like, hey, this is, you know, something new and exciting. I, don't, I can't think of a good idea <laughs> right now, but um and you know less less content but more action specific like call for this reason right now because of this um, more short obviously condensed because it is um a shorter shorter um communication but i think that's that's my strategy at least moving forward yeah and do you think you'll use the same forms of mediums 
with text messages, app notifications, and emails from the Grower Porter Portal tool or elsewhere to start reaching your internal um, team members and sales agronomists with kind of timely or important information or updates that they should be aware of. I think that actually is a great idea because um, if I were to start an actual group chat with every sales agronomist at CFS, it would be a disaster. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> and half of the people in it would probably be very upset with me that for even starting that process. So I think it is probably going to be valuable um, if there are really quick things that we absolutely need people to know. Um, text message to me is one of the quickest and easiest and if they don't have the opportunity to respond to 40 people it's probably better for everyone yeah it takes away that reply all function that we all know on emails too we all know that person that replies all every time <laughs> and you know it kind of removes that temptation or that ability and so yeah you're exactly right like using those text messages and also you know with metrics on digital marketing the metrics are just as important as the messages that are sending and you can see those metrics for customers and for internal users so you know if there's somebody that maybe is habitually not checking things out or not reading them you can help make sure that they understand why it's important or from a grower standpoint you can really create some pretty interesting drip marketing campaigns based on you know, did they open the email and just not click on the link? Okay, maybe we send them something again or a follow-up or did they um, not do anything with it? And so maybe they're just not interested. Maybe their sales agronomist should really give them a call and have that conversation over the phone because it's obviously they're not really interested in the emails. Yeah, I think um, metrics is definitely something that I would like to spend more time on. I'm famous for opening it to see how many people, you know, opening the metrics to see how many people opened the email. You know, were there any bounce backs, number one, and then who opened it? And from there, I, I don't make a lot of, um, a lot more action and I probably should. It's a great opportunity. And one thing um, that we, that I have done with that is been able to figure out when our best open rates are, you know, what time of the day are people opening their emails. So knowing that later in the day, four or five o'clock, I think when people are probably wrapping up with whatever tasks that they've been doing and maybe gonna go home and have dinner or relax or whatever it is, that's traditionally been our higher open rate. So trying to send, you know, if I'm gonna send an email, trying to send it around that time of the day to peak everyone's interest or peak the open rate. Yeah, and there's a lot that can be done with metrics. And, you know, I think traditionally there's so many different systems that you're using for even emails. You know, are you using a MailChimp? Are you using a, a CRM? Are you using some other tool? Um, but to have it all in one place where you can see what they're doing on the grower portal, you can kind of have a little bit of insights into that grower that, like you said, their purchase history or what crops they've planted or anything like that. And then you have all of those metrics. So you can have it all in one centralized location and create some really cool things from there. And like you said, see when you have the best open rates, because if you're sending awesome messages, but it's just not the right time of day or not even the right day of the week, um, people aren't going to see them. And I'm sure you see that on social media and um, other forms as well as like, you know, certain times of day or certain days of the week may get higher engagement um, than other ones because it's all based on the algorithms. Mm -hmm. So this has been awesome. I 
feel like we've talked a lot about digital marketing and everything that we can do. Is there anything that we didn't cover today that you want to chat about or, you know, that you want folks to really kind of understand that, you know, while digital marketing may seem like a big daunting thing, it's, it can be done. And, you know, you seem to work three other jobs basically too. So you don't have to be fully dedicated <laughs> um, yeah. to be able to accomplish it. I, I would definitely say that while yes, it does seem daunting. And I think, you know, we've, we've been doing it and we've dedicated time to it. There could always be things to improve on. Like I mentioned, there's things that we don't do perfectly. And, and I don't, and I know that we probably never will do everything perfectly and that's okay too, but it's definitely worth starting. I would never turn anyone, anyone away from it. Um, there are bumps along, <clears throat> excuse me, there are bumps along the way, but at the end of the day, receiving the phone calls from the seller saying, oh my gosh, this guy called me as a result of your email and it was great and I wanted to say thank you. That makes it worth it. And that makes, you know, that helps me know that what we're doing is, is providing value. Uh, and that's what keeps it kind of going for me. Yeah. And, you know, when you guys signed on with us as a, a partner retailer, we always want to make sure that we provide you the support too. So, you know, we have that marketing playbook and we have our marketing specialists that you guys can chat with and bounce ideas off of. And, um, you know, some may need more of that time bouncing ideas off than others, but we always want to make sure too, that we arm you guys with everything you need to, to be successful. That uh, is one thing that I will never say or never stop saying my time working with the Eggven team has been fantastic. Uh, I don't know that I've ever worked with reps that have been so timely to respond to anything and everything that our team is needed. So I've I've super appreciated the relationship that we've established with Eggbend. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's one of the things, you know, we, we are partners and so your success is our success. Um, and we want to make sure that we're with you every step of the way. And we don't want, we don't want to leave anybody hanging because we know there's, we all have a lot of things going on. And so if we could do anything to make you guys a little more efficient, then we're all for it. So I'm glad to hear. I'll tell, I'll tell Austin and Dayton that, you know, things are going well. <laughs> please do so before we sign off jade and before you share with folks where they can find you or where they can find um, their local cfs or how to get paired up with you guys i have to ask you our staple question and you know as i mentioned earlier there's a lot of these stories it would be much better if we were in person over a beer but for the time being we'll hear whatever uh version you can feel comfortable sharing but um <laughs> What is the craziest thing that one of your customers has ever asked you to do? I thought about this question for a while and <laughs> I just couldn't think of any crazy, crazy things. Um, but the one, you know, we talked about the relationships. It's all about the people that you work with. And um, I had some customers that were fantastic. Anytime we had to meet, he always wanted me to come for breakfast at seven and we had pork chops, which not a traditional breakfast food, but that's what he was into. Um, but I won't ever forget the day. It was a Sunday. I was working in the seed shed and they needed a little bit of beans to finish and everyone else had gone home at that point. So I'm working by myself and you know, I think we probably were on a month straight of working. I don't, I don't remember, but so I'm tired and, and they called and said, Hey, can I come and get some beans? And I said, yeah, absolutely. I'll be here. Uh, come on down to the shed. Well, as his wife pulls in with their wagon to get beans, I had 
started running the conveyor and I wasn't paying attention and I dumped beans all over the ground, like huge pile. I was like in tears. I was so tired and I was crying, nearly crying. And she pulls in to get their beans and she's like, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'll help you clean this up. And just, you know, the greatest customers. And I'm like, no, it's okay. We'll get it taken care of. We'll get you loaded with beans. And she goes back to the truck and she comes back to me with a case of bush light. And she's like, we just thought it was so great that you were here to help us on a Sunday that we wanted to give you a case of beer. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know, so it's, it's not the craziest thing that's ever happened, but it was one of the nicest things, you know, nicest gestures that someone could do for me you know, just doing my job. And, but it was, I remember a very tired Sunday and that, that, um, certainly made me smile. And I think I probably had one of those bush lights when I got home. Yeah. Well, I'm surprised you waited until you got home. I probably would have had one right there when I was cleaning up the bean, but you know, I think it, it's a great story because it continues to show that, um, like you said, relationships matter and the extra effort that you put in working on a Sunday late in the afternoon, um, really makes a difference to the customers that you guys are serving. And so whatever we can do, whatever you can do to make things just a little bit easier um, to do business with and to, to be available, those are the values that growers really appreciate um, and really make them keep coming back to doing business with you. You know, we, we know that growers want to do business with their preferred retailer. Some just want to do it in a more digital way. And so it's about giving them those options and continuing to build up that stickiness with them and who knows maybe I'll get another case of bush light this year right yeah there's maybe, still time maybe I will <laughs> we call them bush lattes you know to really oh. fancy it up <laughs> so Jade I really enjoyed our time today but you know I want to make sure that um those that are listening if they have any questions or if they want to follow along with some of the things that CFS is doing how can they find you guys yeah you can just go ahead and jump on to our website cfscoop.com uh, my contact information is available there, um, and you can obviously follow us on social media from that standpoint to keep up with what we're doing. Fantastic. Well, thanks again for your time today, and we will chat soon. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into Ag Trends. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact us with the information in the show notes. See you next time.